If it matters to you, it matters to us. Call Tip today on 1-800-938-007. Well, we're with you every single week, a day from 9am. And Richard spoke to me in the first hour of the show this morning about the uh, criticism that was levelled at some supporters who attended the Hearty Cup at the weekend. Richard was in absolute defence of the students. Here's a little of what he had to say to me just after nine this morning. They were backing up their teammates. They were disagreeing with the ref. And in this day and age, the actual word they use, it, 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 it's very harmless. The, and, the, and, the, and, I, and I think people need to, to lighten up a bit, the, get a sense of humour. The, the contributor to the show, Richard, they said that what was said was the referee is a wanker, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. What Was that what was said? Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and to be quite honest, Richard, you know something, Frank? Mm. For that hour and a half in there, I'd love to be 17 or 18 again. <laughs> would and I'd you? have been above with him. And I would have been shouting yes. it as well. Right. Okay. At that point, and it was only a one-off. It wasn't throughout it. It was the only thing in the whole game that was in any way, it, I wouldn't even call it abusive. They were venting their disagreement with the referee's decision. And what do you do? Mm. You're in a group. You're not going to shout, the referee is wrong. Right. You know, and it only takes one lad to shout, the referee's a wanker, and off it goes. And, and it goes. I looked around when they said that, and I was laughing. And all the kids were beaming. Mm. And it was all delivered in fun. And, and and the idea that someone wants to rain on the parade of what was a fabulous day, I I, I just right. But I, can I can I be devil's advocate here and say what 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 about the poor old referee Richard? I mean, you know, what, uh, no. whatever you might think, whatever you might think about his decision, let's leave that to one side. But I mean, if a whole gang of kids are calling you a um, referees, are experienced people, hmm. I would safely vouch that in in, in his lifetime as a referee. If if the referee is a wanker, was was going to upset him, um, he wouldn't be at it. Right, he'd have given up long ago. That's Richard speaking to me just after nine this morning. Pat is with me now. Pat, good morning to you. Good morning, friend. Uh, good to talk to you today, Pat. Do you disagree with uh, Richard? Well, I, I totally do, friend. From the sensitive uh, point that um, I don't think it creates a good image for uh, youngsters. Uh, it's a, I think it's a total incentive for him to continue that and maybe more. Like, um, why condone? It's not a nice word to say to anyone, mm. and particularly in the midst of a crowd of seven or eight thousand in dollars on Sunday, which I was at the game myself, and it was a great atmosphere in the stand on Sunday. Now, unfortunately, the game didn't really live up to it. It was, was close, but it it was um, it wasn't one of the best games. But the atmosphere was very good. But I I totally disagree with with Richard's uh, condoning of the word mm. W because uh, our divisions and our county boards are crying out for referees and. While, you know, you know, this is not putting out a good image, in my opinion. Well, I often say myself, Pat, I don't know why anybody would be a referee, and I'm not referring to this game, but just in general. I mean, we hear about them being assaulted and being abused, and, uh, you, you know, so, like, it is a tough gig, that's for sure. Oh, for sure it is, mm. Fran, yes, it is. Like, I mean... Um, we've be all been involved in some way or other with referees over the years. Mm. Some decisions go against you more, will go with you. And, you know, there's times that it can cost you a big game and 
at times as others that it can maybe go the other way. But um, just supposing like that a referee is coming off, a young referee is coming off the field, uh, you know, after yeah. taking up refereeing, and he's surrounded by six or seven young lads or maybe through the wire calling them de- names like that. Mm. Is, I, I don't think it's very... No, no, that, that didn't happen in this case. I mean, we're just... No, it did not. Okay, okay. No, just, just a point to point that out. But, yeah. but I'm just looking ahead from someone yeah. condoning it. Right. That, that's my and, and Pat, if I put that argument to you, you know, young lads' exuberance with the occasion, getting overwhelmed by the occasion, and, you know, could it be excused, maybe, a little? No? Well, uh, look, at uh, we all we all done things on our time, and, uh, uh, you know, there was a very, as I said, there was very good atmosphere in the, in, in, in the stand on Sunday. Mm. But um, I, ju- I just totally don't, I, well, I wouldn't agree with what the word used, mm. but I I think that condoning it would be my biggest problem. Right. Someone to come on the radio and condone it. Right. And and do, do you think that if if it is condoned, it may lead to something else in the future? Is that is that what well, you're saying? Yes, that? that would be yeah. my opinion. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good. And, you know, I mean, as you know, uh, well, as most people know, Pat, I'm not a particularly sporty person, but, I mean, you, you, you're you, going to matches all your life, I presume. Uh, yes. There's an element of this kind of argy-bargy and smart talk and catcalling and, uh, as my grandmother used to call it, barrack room uh, uh, talk as well. That that goes on, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, that's, Of course it does, Fran. Yeah. There's not a doubt in the world about it, and it has been done and probably still will go on. But the, there's so much emphasis that's been put on protection of referees yes. at the moment. Directives from Crow Park coming to clubs, you know, coming to the county of of uh, abuse to referees. Mm. So, like, I mean, from that point of view, I think that it, it it's, not help, it's not going to help the situation. Yeah. You think it may make it worse? Well, yeah, well, well yeah, it will. And, and first, the point that the the clubs are responsible for their supporters. You know, mm-hmm. no matter if 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 two or three people from a club are surround a referee, give abuse, it's the club can suffer at the end of the day. And and do you think that that's correct? Uh, that it goes back to the club. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Well, I suppose. Yeah. That is the rule that that's brought in. Yeah. That the club are responsible for their supporters. Yeah, in this case, of course, it's it, it's schools, and I know that the teachers did uh, ask them to restrain themselves from time to time as well when they were getting particularly yes. uh, exuberant. And you know, again, from your experience, Pat, uh, the how referees are treated has that disimproved over the years? How how the referees are treated? Yeah, in in terms of abuse or or interaction. Oh with yes, them, so. oh, it has. Yeah, it has. It has. Yeah, yeah, definitely has. Yeah, but um, like you'll you'll always you'll always have it, friend. I suppose it's very very hard. Uh, like I'm not going to totally defend referees, mm. but we've we've had problems that from time to time down the years, and every every club and and county have. Mm. But at the same time, um, in the in the light of of. Uh, what the clubs are are instructed to look after their their you know yes and the responsibility that they have to take 
Okay. That is, it's difficult enough to, to, to try and bring up young lads and keep the, you know, keep it right. Right. So you're saying to me, you know, boys will be boys and whatever. I'm sure there's some young women there as well and all of that sort of yeah. thing, and that's all fine. But your problem is to condone it in any way. That, that is my idea. That's what hired me at the okay. start when I heard Richard. All right. OK. Pat, good to talk to you today. Look after yourself, Pat. Thank you. Thank good morning you. to you. Bye-bye to you now. That's uh, Pat speaking to us this morning in response to Richard, who spoke to me just after nine o'clock this morning as well. Time now to talk gardening. Glad to be joined by Ulton Nesbitt of Centenary Home and Garden. Ulton, good morning to you. Good morning, Fran. Uh, good to talk to you. Uh, but first of all, there's a query about your presence in Cashel. Are you still there on Wednesdays? One of our listeners wants to know. I will be going back back on in March uh, onwards. Going back um, to do a Wednesday um, every week. Right, that's in Centenary there yeah. in 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 Cashel as well. Um, should we look at sowing seeds at this at this point? This is a great time of year to start thinking about, um, let's say, in the future, and and it's a good time to start sowing seeds for great colour uh, throughout the whole summer um, and and into the autumn, going into the winter as well. So this is a fantastic time to kind of so uh, kind of biennial or perennial plants. Mm. So I love I love um, the ones that are quite easy to grow. Things like them, um, uh, the uh, aquilegias, the thing called arbretia, calendula, campanulas, even the lupins are quite good. These are lovely herbaceous perennials, and they're lovely kind of cottage plants. So uh, and become a variety of colours, especially the lupins. They're quite tall as well. You can get them tall. Or, or kind of medium size as well, but the lovely, lovely colours from them. And quite easy to grow. And you'll have them, if you sow them now, um, you'll have flowers uh, right through the summer, and then um, next year it will even be bigger uh, display because um, they get into quite a large clump um, and give a fantastic display right through, through the summer. Things like um, things that are easy to grow, grow throw and grow, um, these types of things like the nasturtiums or, or um, uh, calendula, pot marigolds. Um, and or even the um, eggplants as well, which is particularly nice. Mm. But these these are, are lovely um, kind of edible plants as well, like the nasturtiums. You can eat the flower and mix it in your in your salads as well. And they're lovely um, hot colours, lovely bright oranges and yellows. Um, and even foliage, you can get lovely ones that have those variegated foliage and have them in hanging baskets or window boxes because they will cascade down over, over the front of your 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 window box or or your hanging basket as well. Uh, sweet peas are a very good thing to sow now. As well, mm. and I would always, I'd always try to put about five sweet pea into a kind of a, a fibre pot. These are, are, are specifically for for um, sweet pea because uh, sweet pea don't like the roots being disturbed. So if you put five seeds in, into a, a fibre pot and then uh, top it up uh, with um, a, a seed and potting compost, um, and uh, they'll germinate quite quickly for you. And when you get to about uh, uh, four inches in, in length or in height. It's just pinched the tops of them. This will force them to produce lovely side branches and a much better display of flowers then um, in the garden. Sweet pea are fantastic scent off them. Um, and and uh, again, mm. fantastic if you have them along a pathway and climbing up a, a, a frame. Um, normally what I do is ordinary chicken wire or even do a, a, a wigwam of, of bamboo and a, a simple thing as a string. And let them climb up that and you'll get a lovely, lovely display from, from the sweet peas. a lovely idea. Where, where sowing the seeds are concerned, uh, throwing the, the seeds, what preparation do you need to do on the ground? Really, what I would do is just get a steel rake and rake the ground quite roughly so that you get down to the soil level. Mm. Um, if, they, if there's a patch there, uh, either on the beds 
or around um, if you have um, a, a, a waste bit ground but you want to have that kind of naturalised look. I would just rake the ground quite quite roughly with a steel rake. So and then you can throw and grow these seeds. Things like, as I say, the aquilegias, the abrasions, calendulas, campanulas, even even um, uh, the sweet william. These are, are lovely by any yes. of So we keep keep them self-seeding themselves um, uh, as they're as flowering. They'll self-seed and spread quite well throughout the borders. Very good. And you just leave them be then? And leave them be. Okay. But I, what, I, what I do tend to do, though, in, in let's say, in November, is just do a trim back on them because yes. you have the, the, the tall flowers, especially of the, of the sweet william, or even the nasturtiums tend to spread everywhere. They, 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 they grow quite rampantly. So I would just tend to cut back, back um, foliage a bit in, in March just to tie, do a tidy up on it. Um, uh, so that would just encourage good fresh growth again uh, from central of the plant, especially things like or breaches, Alison Saxophile or Saxophage. These are the alpine plants that keep coming and spread quite well. But it's good just to trim them back to keep them nice and neat um, in November. Very good. Now, speaking of trimming back, is it time to be pruning our fruit trees? Um, it is a good idea to start pruning fruit trees because you're still in the dormant season um, um, and the, the flowers, the, the buds haven't bursted open yet. So really, it's a good time to prune out any canker or now canker is, is a type of like a cancer that attacks, it's like a fungus mm. that attacks the tree. And, and really it can kill a tree if it, if, it's too, um, uh, if it grows right around the bark of it. So it's very important to keep pruning out any cankers that's on the tree and, uh, and use an arbic paint, a heal and seal paint on those wounds as well so that as you seal the, the, the cut that you've, you've done um, and uh, the canker doesn't spread any further. It's a good idea as well is to spray the trees with a winter uh, winter wash, this will get rid of any algae or moss that's on the tree, as well. And so it keeps it lovely and clean, and it doesn't. You don't get that kind of retardation of uh, the buds, when the, especially when the flowers start coming out. And um, you don't want any moss or algae on it. It tends to rot the flowers. So it's good to have the tree uh, pruned back, uh, open centred and uh, um, uh, spray with the uh, winter wash to keep it looking clean. Very good. Before we go to questions, can I just ask you about uh, the grass at this point? Because there was a touch of frost overnight, for example. Should we be cutting grass at this point? I, I would, I, I would uh, just keep it in check. So uh, what I mean by that is, is, is raise your lawn up to its highest and just do a tip mow on the lawn, just keeping the, the lawn in check. Because the worst thing to do is to cut it right down to ground level because if you do get a hard frost, it will burn the grass, and uh, you don't want that happening. So, if if you have it at, at, at the highest level of the the, of the lawnmower goes, is it's just do a tip mow on it just to keep it in check. This allows the grass to thicken up in in kind of patchy areas within the lawn. Um, it's a good idea as well because it's so mild really at, at the mm. moment that there has been an awful growth of, of um, weeds and things in your lawn. So you can spray this thing called Dicofire to get rid of any kind of creeping buttercup daisies, dandelions, um, that type of thing that may be, may be kind of harbouring in your lawn and just keeps it lovely and clean. So you can spray uh, that. Um, again, you need about six hours dryness um, uh, for that to, to do a good job on it. Now, at this time of the year as well, you get an awful lot of moss going in your lawns. So it's a good idea is, is to spray, do a thing called a weed feed moss killer. This is a hygiene weed feed moss killer that we have and you spread that over, over the whole lawn nice and evenly. Um, it's, uh, one bag will do about 750 metres squared. Um, and uh, if you have a lawn spreader, set it to number three and go up and down the lawn, uh, spreading that uh, fertiliser uh, over the lawn quite evenly so that you get a good kill 
of, of the mosque there. Right. Again, rake out any any uh, big patch of, of, of mosque that has been there. Just rake that out and sow a number two grade lawn seed in those patchy areas. Yeah, the, the mosque is all over the tarmac and the pathways as well, I notice, over yeah, the last couple and, of weeks. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and yeah. it gets very grimy looking. So it's, yeah. it's a good idea, especially for paths and, and um, uh, there's a gravel yard. Chlorus mm. is quite good for that. Um, uh, I would always recommend one litre to, to five litres of water and, and do a drench of that with water and kind of over, over your, your path and, and gravel, gravel yard. Now, for, for tarmacasm, um, we do use a thing called Moss Buster. This is um, uh, uh, quite a good product to use. Or even there, we have one as well. It's a tip-top um, um, Moss Clear. Um, and that's um, uh, one litre to five litres of water, like a pink liquid. Right. Um, again, you can spray that over your tarmacasm and that will get rid of any algae or moss that's going there. Very good. Uh, we'll start with our questions. Could you please ask, Alton, if I should cut back the woody stems on my penstemon plants? And if so, how low should I cut them? Uh, penstemon, you can grow quite hard on, back on them. Uh, this will encourage growth at the very, very base of the, base of the plant. Um, penstemon is, is, is a semi uh, herbaceous kind of shrub plant, <laughs> um, and anything that you do cut off it, they grow quite easily from cuttings. Mm. So you can you can take more more cuttings from that. The root quite easily, and pensions are a lovely thing right through the whole summer. Lovely tubular type flowers on them. So do prune them back reasonably hard. That will just encourage more growth in, in, in the centre. And give them a bit of a feed, something like either tomato feed or something like that, just to encourage that growth on, um, and that, that should to, to, to recover quite quickly for you. So you have a great display of flowers right through the summer. Yeah, Joan wants to know about cutting back a cherry blossom tree. Should I do it now? Really, I, I always tend to um, prune cherries uh, straight after flowering because they do, do such a fantastic display mm. right, through, right through this kind of spring, summer. Um, and really, you, if you prune it now, you're going to get rid of all that lovely, lovely, um, almost like confetti, the, the flowers uh, from them uh, during the springtime. So uh, what I tend to do, as soon as the, the, the cherries have finished flowering, I prune them. Um, and uh, again, it's very important with cherry trees is to use that um, heel and seal paint um, on, on the boughs uh, as you cut them so that you don't get any, any uh, uh, fungal rot on, on them. Um, cherries are quite easy to grow as long as they're, they're, they're um, in, in an open uh, site and, and uh, plenty of sunlight on them. They get quite good uh, shape to them. There's a lovely one called um, Prunus Canzans, which is the double pink one, which is particularly nice. And that, that's quite a popular one. Or even there's the Kiku Sider Sukuru, which is a lovely weeping type of um, uh, uh, cherry tree, which is quite nice for smaller gardens. Or um, Amagawia, which is a lovely pillar type one as well. They're, they're coming in a variety of shapes and sizes. Right, a couple of listeners didn't have access to a pen when you spoke about the moss killer for the lawn. Would you just repeat that? Yeah, the, the best one really, what I find, is that it's, a, it's a, tr- a foreign one. It's a, it's a weed feed moss killer. It's the Hygia. Um, and that's a, that's a particularly good one to do as a dressing over the whole, the whole lawn. So uh, Green Force Hygia, H-Y-G-E-I-A. Okay, um, we were talking about sowing seeds earlier on. Uh, this listener says, I don't have room to sow seeds indoors. I'm wondering about uh, what seeds are suitable to put directly into the ground and when this uh, should be done for summer flowers. Well, now I suppose, Alton, is it? It, it, it is, and, and there's such a wide variety of lovely wildflower mix that, that, that you can get as well. We do the uh, um, uh, Neuroflora. 
um, wild mixes. So you can get the lovely ones for butterflies, bees and, and, and birds as well. Um, or even the lovely meadow, meadow mixes are, are quite nice as well. Um, now, with, with um, sowing seeds, I always tend to go for the more biennial or perennial plants. So things like we were talking earlier about the aquilegias, the obetias, the calendulas, or even the campanula, which is quite a hardy plant as well. But lovely massive blue flowers, blue or white or pink. Um, or even, as I said, like the, go for more kind of herbaceous perennial ones, things like lupins or, or even the kind of nasturtiums, which will spread quite rampantly. Um, these are, are plants that you sow once and they keep coming every year. And even the lovely sweet williams, the old-fashioned um, uh, yeah. sweet william, or even a calendula, pot marigolds. So you have the lovely bright orange colours and yellows. Um, these are the type of throw-and-grow seeds, as I call them. And so that even if you have a rough bit of ground, that you just rake it roughly with, with, with a steel rake um, so that you just get down to, to ground level where the soil is. And then uh, just throw, throw the seeds on it and just rake over lightly again, just to cover the maximum amount of seeds. They will germinate quite quickly for you. And they're quite hardy plants as well. I mean, it doesn't really matter about fostering them. They, they, they will germinate when the, the time is right. And they're quite hardy all over the winter months then as well. Very good. Pauline was on and she says, I, I want to get rid of a very fine grass that has spread through a flower bed that I have. It's starting to smother some shrubs and it keeps spreading. Yeah. With, with um, any any invasive um, uh, weed that comes into your borders, it's very important to do a spot treatment on that. Now, I always tend to use things like um, uh, uh, SBK, brushwood killer, or even a... Um, uh, uh, graze on 90 uh, as, as a, a spot treatment on any invasive weeds that are coming into your borders. Now, which grasses particularly um, you can use uh, uh, what we have is a weed-free plus, naughty or rich to use spray and it's glyphosate uh, free. It's a Nurdoff product. So that's quite a good one to use. It's ready to use you know, in, in, in about a litre size and just spray that directly onto the foliage of the grass. So you'll often find with the grasses, they tend to come up through other shrubs, your roses and, and other shrubs that you may have in the border. So it's very important just to put a spray directly onto the leaf of the grass itself so it works down to the root system and kill it quite well. So use a weed-free plus uh, Nordoff um, product. All right. Somebody wondering, are there tulips that can be left in the ground? Um, um, most tulips you can leave in the ground. Uh, it's just that... Some, uh, after about five years or so, they tend to get retired uh, and, and don't come back again. So um, for the first five years, the, you have a fantastic display. I always like the, the kind of the more vigorous type tulips. So any of the um, apple dorn tulips, they're particularly good. Um, and the apple dorn, you have them in lovely, um, lovely deep red and yellow or white. And they're fantastic um, for long borders. And with the tulips, a nice combination to plant with those is, is uh, the wallflowers, or forget-me-not. Um, they're fantastic uh, plants to have top plant over the tulips. Now, tulips, it's very important, once the tulip um, flower has faded, is to remove the flower stalk from, from right down to the base um, of the plant so that it doesn't go into seed heads or anything like that. So you're storing the energy back into the, into the bulbs again. It's a good idea as well. It's feed with some sulfate of potash, so it's a dusting at the base of the, the clump of the tulips so that you, it, it creates more energy uh, for the bulbs um, for next year. All right. Lister says, I want to grow my vegetables from seeds this year. What advice does Alton have? 
Yeah, I love growing vegetables, and especially um, any of the, the brassicas. They're quite hardy and easy to grow. Um, so any of the cabbages, Brussels sprouts, broccoli or cauliflower, they're, 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 they're quite easy to start sowing now as well. And even sow those in seed trays. Now, a, a good thing to do with the seed tray is use just one sheet of newspaper at the base of the seed tray and then put in your, your um, seed compost in top of that. Um, and then sow very, very lightly on top of the seed tray, um, on top of the compost. And then put a, a layer of vermiculite or perlite just on the top of the, uh, of the, of the seeds. And that covers them. And then you get this thing that germinates an awful lot better because of that kind of less gritty um, top uh, on it with the vermiculite. Um, you don't get a thing called dampening off. So you almost get nearly 100% germination by doing that. And it tends to insulate the compost as well. keeps it nice and warm so you get much better germination on it. So you use thing called vermiculite as a top dressing over your seed tray um, and um, start sowing those um, uh, vegetables now. Um, any of your brassicas, the, the cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli or cauliflower are quite easy to sow. You can sow directly then with um, beetroot and even um, uh, carrots as well and parsnips. Any of the taproot things, I would tend to sow them directly because you don't want them uh, 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 forking or, or, or uh, getting damaged. So and all I always tend to do on the top of the ridge is put a, a little bit of silica sand just on the top of the ridge where you're sowing the seeds and sow them directly onto that so they get good um, germination and uh, there's nothing to stop the taproot from, from forming right. properly. All right, Alton, always a pleasure and thanks very much and happy gardening. Thank you. Good morning to you. That's Alton Nesbitt there, Centenary Home and uh, Garden. Uh, going back to the name calling at the match, a listener says, ah, Fran, must be something in the water making Tipperary ears very sensitive. Look at all the names you get called. <laughs> God knows it's true. It's true indeed. Uh, can I say a very, very big congratulations to Molly O'Connell because we were speaking to Molly on the uh, on the radio yesterday ahead of her appearance on Glorteer last night and yeah she is through to the final so well done to Molly and well done to all of her supporters as well I'm sure we'll be speaking to her uh, next week on the programme again that's it for me Emma produced Ali looks after her content Stephen's on the way with the time tunnel and I'll talk to you tomorrow goodbye now Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. Two 